Welcome to Welcome to My Racist Friend, a podcast about the messy parts of relationship that helps us grow together. I'm Amy McKeese. And I am Don Griffin. This is where the party ends. I can't stand here listening to you and your racist friend. I know politics bore you, but I feel like a hypocrite talking to you and your racist friend. We haven't talked about the Purple Brigade, and I actually had a meeting with um, a group of African-American leaders on Saturday. About that? Yep, and how they feel about it. Not happy about it. I would... I would... How do you feel? Like, you got mixed feelings uh, about it, don't you? I have mixed feelings about mm-hmm. it because I want to say that it, it's one of those situations where as I'm like armchair activism, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm not there. I don't, I don't do a lot of the out on the face of it stuff and I have multiple reasons and I think some of them are pretty good in that it it makes it harder for me to do my work as a therapist if Mm. I'm on the face of some of these things but and as I'm like armchair activist like so I'm sitting at home going like well if I did it it'd be like this right because I know everything Mm -hmm. and at one point I remember an article popping up about using humor. Clowns, yeah. Right? Yeah. And I thought, well, now that's where it's at. Like, Mm -hmm. that makes sense to me. Or the guy with the tuba. That's hilarious. Yes. If you can come up with some way to connect while laughing, like, a lot of the examples weren't even mean laughing. They were just, it was humor. And that seems like sort of a no-brainer to me. Like, all of the good pieces are there for fighting injustice and, and if you were using humor, it would seem to me that that could help inoculate you against the self-righteousness that sometimes comes with social activism. You know, like where, and I, I, I can say this because I know that I do it, like where I'm like, no, you know, this work that I'm doing, this protest I'm going to is really important. And I get a little bit brittle about it where I can't have any mm-hmm. laughing or difference of opinion. Like it all has to... It all has to be 100% what I think it should be. And so it would seem like using humor would help inoculate you against being that way. I think it would help me, at least, keep me from being super brittle and stiff. So I like that. Mm -hmm. And... But? There's a but. I don't think the city has handled it super well. Like, I think there are things that could have happened that would have been better. Like... I want to first say that I have this underlying assumption that if everyone involved could, not the white supremacists, but everyone else involved could really hear each other, that we would find that there's not as much difference as it feels like there is. There isn't actually a difference on what we all want. That's the thing. It's just when you have people claiming someone else is a Nazi because, you know, that the the mayor is a Nazi or that the people that are working for the city, they're Nazis because they won't get rid of the Nazis. I mean, when you when you go that far, it's like, you know, you're not listening. That's, that's the thing. I don't think anyone... 
And I'm not seeing that. As I saw a little of that at the beginning. I see a lot of it do now. You still, I, I still do, and it's just it's 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 old because it's it, you know um, it's getting old. You know, I I think the city is doing what it what it can. I mean, and I know everyone is like, oh well, he's he's a friend of the mayor's, and and yeah, I am. I'm a friend of John's, but I'm a friend of other people on the other side, but. And and I understand you 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 feel like the city could do more, but I think they're as much as they've done, they're probably still going to get sued. Well, no, I think Schooner, so. Creek. I, I mean, they really are. You know, these people already have lawyers. There, you you know what I mean. What I wanted was to see the city, like, or the like a, a conglomerate of market people, or some like a a group of people saying, let let me. Let me flesh this out for you a little bit. Okay, I'm sorry. A group of people saying Bloomington is anti-racist and here's how we're going to do it. We're going to have these events. And then like, no, we're not going to kick them out because, you know, we've spoken with City Legal and we understand that we can't. And so we all reached that conclusion quickly and then moved into something else of we're going to make it so incredibly uncomfortable for them to be here that eventually they're going to move on. We're going to have anti-racism education every weekend at the farmer's market and the city's going to actually promote a booth that has that like which, happening out loud which would be i think there were other players that didn't didn't have city name but money was coming was filtering in through to some of those those organizations like no space for hate and and as the city as the city gets involved or as the city uh, identifies a group and says, "Hey, that group, they're they're saying exactly what we want. Like, we, mm-hmm. this is no space for hate, or this is uh, what's the one with the uh, the yard signs? Who's who's got the yard signs? Bloomington United. Bloomington United. United. Okay, right, right. Every time the city would get behind something like that, all right, the other folks would say, "Well, screw Bloomington United. They're not doing enough. Screw." No set space for hate. They're they're aligned with the city every time. So the city supports someone that is. See, that's the problem. The city people are mad at no space for hate because the city. I think there's people that didn't think that thought no space for hate wasn't doing enough. Yeah. Because the city got behind them. You understand what I'm saying? Antifa folks thought that they weren't doing enough. And and here's the thing. We talked about this. And yes. everybody can't do everything. There's got to be different levels. So, so Antifa, yeah, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. No space for hate. I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. Uh, NAACP, no, screw you guys. You're not doing anything, <laughs> by the way. You're not doing anything. Very okay. upset with that. Black churches, not doing anything. <laughs> not cool. But there's other people that aren't doing it. But, but... <sighs> I like that, though, what you're talking about, though, and this is a surrounding county has, they, they haven't quite worked up to having a GSA yet. What's a GSA? A Gay Straight Alliance. Okay. Which, you know, reduces the risk of suicide and mental health issues in Absolutely. LGBTQ plus students by a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've got those in Bloomington, but in surrounding places, not not as reliably. And so um, what this place has done is they have an Amnesty International instead because they're allowed to have that. Oh, wow. And okay. so I went to go talk to them about relational cultural theory and talking across difference. And uh, one of the things that I shared was a lesson that I think 
I learned from someone in the local Black Lives Matter posted like a little how to talk about different groups doing work together Mm -hmm. um, that I found extremely helpful that we have different groups doing different things and that all the different approaches are necessary right now. We need them all. And so we don't, you know, we can, it's okay to say I'm not comfortable doing that, but I'm glad they're out there instead of saying, well, they're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. Too much of that. You know what I'm saying? Too much of that. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not doing everything that in my mind that I want to do. But we can't do, I can't do that. I'm a business owner. I can't really even be, be saying what I'm saying right now. So, so that's an interesting balance. And I think that one of the things about what you're talking about is that sometimes an assumption that because you're not doing this action, that you don't feel that. Exactly. And that would be wrong. Right. I mean, because if we're doing a pic, if we're having a picnic, okay. Yeah. For that picnic to be successful... Even if I'm not, uh, if I don't eat meat, maybe I need a butcher that can bring ham to the table, right? To, to make this doggone picnic a success. I need someone else. Maybe I drink water, but I know other people might drink soda. And so it'd be nice to have someone that's connected to Coca-Cola Bottling Company to go ahead and bring, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't work for the park, but I know someone that does. I happen to know someone that could get us the 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 uh, rights to open up Bryan Park. You understand what I'm saying? We yeah. all need each other. And so you don't tear down other people because they're not doing what you're doing. I'm not going to tear down the guy that has the ham. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I may need that guy. You don't want a picnic with nothing but potato salad. There you go. And Especially nasty potato salad. Yeah, with the mayonnaise that's been sitting there. or you know, And raisins. Yeah. Oh, God. Seriously? My stomach really hurts. Is that a combination? I think it happens. Oh, my God. Guys, I'm not doing so well. That that did not... That did not work for me. I don't know. I, I am uncomfortable with some things. And sometimes I think that me being uncomfortable is just a sign of growth. And I should embrace my discomfort. And that's okay. I think it's okay to be uncomfortable with things but i also think you have to look at both sides of everything and look at what where that person is coming from which is kind of what we be we what we have been talking about with rct on other things yes to an extent to yeah. an extent and I, that's not what i'm saying i'm saying i have to f- figure out where the nazis are coming from right right but i at least need to I at least need to listen to the people who want the same things that I want, even though they're doing it in a different manner. Would you say that somebody somewhere in our society has to listen to what the Nazis are thinking? We've been down that that road. We've listened to what Nazis have said. They've had a chance to almost... uh, almost ruin the world at one point in time because a whole country with extremely good technology and uh and engineering went embraced. embraced the whole damn thing and almost took us all down i mean heck half of our nuclear scientists were german i don't think we need to listen to that kind of hate when we're talking about people that hate i don't want to know where you're coming from i'm sorry 
Okay, go ahead. If I'm wrong. No, no, no. I, I don't think you're wrong. So our neighborhood later, right? listserv has just exploded and imploded all at the same time over real estate things recently. But then in the middle of it, someone kept posting, also, there's racism at the farmer's market. You know, like, so there'd be all these threads about the uh, zoning changes that are happening. And then there'd be a, like a, also farmer's market. And so the farmer's market one didn't get a whole lot of reaction because people were busy reacting on the other threads. But a, a couple people did. And, and one person responded explaining about Daryl Davis that came to town that talks to the Grand Wizards in the KKK and lends them his truck. Like, like the documentary about him opens with him lending his tour bus to a group of white supremacists who need to get to a rally as long as they'll come to his house for barbecue afterward. Just a black guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, whatever, dude. And <laughs> whatever, dude. But, but mean, he collects, then, the robes, the, the, yeah, right? I remember okay, seeing so this guy come, yeah. Basically, what the email was saying is, this is the approach that I endorse is, and I, I didn't write this email. Was it I'm a just black saying, man that said he endorses this? No. Was it some white person? It was a white person. Okay, damn it. Uh, and so, so that's great that he wants to do that, but my black ass is not inviting you over to my house if you're a racist or if you hate other people. The extreme far right hate radio person, the, the son of the far right radio person, and his. Jewish friend realized who he was. Like most people on campus realized who he was, and he was ostracized at that point. Um, Our campus? No, no, no. This is like in okay, Florida. Okay. But one of his Jewish friends was like, nope, I'm going to keep, you know, I find this horrifying. I am going to keep inviting him to join us. And he kept inviting him for meals, and and he did. He changed him like through this connection he sort of forced this kid to look at the dichotomy in his thinking of um you know that i think is is super common in racism in general is this thought that it doesn't apply to the jewish people i know or it doesn't apply to the black people i know but overall it's true and so hmm. we like make this exception uh, for the people in our lives. And it forced this kid to start noticing that he was doing that. And then eventually he stood up to his dad and he left that way of thinking and became an advocate on the other side. I think we have a moral obligation to fight racism. And I think there are some people who are well positioned to fight it through connection, to be able to be present and to hold the truth in the face of it. So, and I'm not talking about a stranger. I'm talking about like, you know, Thanksgiving is coming up. I'm talking about your uncle at the Thanksgiving dinner table of saying, I love you and I want to stay connected with you. And also asking questions, you know, poking little holes lovingly <laughs> in their racist way of being. And I, I think what happens sometimes, or a lot of times, is this whole idea that we can do that gets wrapped into a way of silencing 
anti-racist work. And, and here's the thing. I may change my tune next week or even tomorrow. It's just, you know, uh-huh. sometimes just living in the system, it, it, get, it can wear you down. And maybe today is just the day that yeah. I'm worn down with, okay? But if you have an uncle like that, then, then you as a white person, you can... You right. Can go ahead you don't, do, I don't think you, you, you need can to do invite it. them over to your house, but I, you know I, I've heard that guy's story, and I'm happy he could do that. But he really put himself out there. That's really putting himself out there. You know what I'm saying? To, inv- to let these white folks that are Klan members actually know where you live, and not only know where you yeah. live, but say, "Hey, can you help me with the fire?" <laughs> and 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 please, let's not put the stick. Let let's let's put the sticks down. Let's not make a cross out of them as we burn them i mean that that's i don't know and i and i would be clear that when i'm having this conversation with my uncle i'm not also inviting you over for dinner like it's not it's not work that i would think you should be doing for me depending on the day it's what i would fun i might want to do that (laughs) i would love to do that and i would sit right next to him Touching all his tomatoes. tomatoes. (laughs) You know what? Can I let me have a little piece of that rib? That looks good. I I mean, I. You gonna finish that? Yeah, you. I would be. I would be right (laughs) there. The protest is kinda, in my community. It's it's it's. uh, Should we describe it so that listeners who are about about it not necessarily here. Well, they, what they've done is they've they've taken the humorous approach, just kind of like what you're talking about mm-hmm. on on uh, combating the Nazis that are at the uh, at the farmers market each week. Closet neo Nazis that started off as closet neo Nazis, but now are they they've been outed several times. Yeah. Um, and now they've got national, basically national support, but from the right, they're identitarians, right? Right. Right. So, so uh, a group, um, I don't know how it played out because we've had several different groups against, you know, uh, protest against these folks. But a group of, of folks, I think five to six, said, hey, we want to push the envelope. It's nice that we're handing out flyers on the edges of the farmer's market. Um, we know that the law states that we can't be in front of, we can't hold signs, we can't, you know, uh, protest in front of the Nazis booth. So what we're going to do is we're going to wear purple shirts first. We're going to wear our signs. Basically. We're going to wear yeah, our signs because shirt. that's yeah. legal, mm-hmm. and we're not going to the the, the we're not going to get any trouble for for doing that. So they did that, and then I think they they created signs, and then another week they created purple signs that didn't have anything on it and said they were fans. You know. So that was cute. Um, so they're following that concept of humor as a protest, which it, it which is is nice. So then I guess they they escalated. They created songs. They've and they still hadn't been arrested yet. Okay. Right. This time they did some more things. They they've gone ahead. I think they've done signs. They've. The, the newspaper said they sang loudly they sang loudly they did a few other things they dressed up in costume one was a, a giant inflatable unicorn you're holding gi- your hand like yeah coming gi- out of your head a, a giant top, inflatable like, yeah. uh, u- unicorn and then they got so-called arrested okay they got arrested uh-huh so their arrest what happened is i guess they were escorted off the premises uh-huh no handcuffs 
Oh. oh, nothing. To be fair, it'd be awful to handcuff a unicorn. Okay. <laughs> okay, so anyway, they are told that they cannot return. Were they cited? Were they, 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 were, they were issued citations. They are issued citations. And, and, it, and they haven't, and I think the official thing was the prosecutor decides whether or not to. Yeah, so they, they didn't, they didn't go, it. they didn't go back. They didn't, they, they had 24 hours, I guess, to stay off the premises and yeah. not uh, bother. So here's the thing. They've escalated, they kept escalating it to a point where the city had to respond. But in the process, you know, the city was caught arresting uh so basically superheroes that don't quite look like they have the right stuff they have like the wrong stuff you know the one's a unicorn and one one was like an octopus uh, oh is that right okay well, it had lots of tentacles and i remember thinking how are you going to handcuff that yeah okay okay <laughs> um so you know so some people are like oh man this is like the the bus cut the the uh oh yes yeah, someone said that to a friend of yours yeah. Said what? Like it's it's like the Montgomery uh just the bus. like yeah, like it's like that. It's and and man they're so brave and all this other stuff and I don't I don't know why it hasn't sat well with mo- a lot of African Americans, not mo not most. I mean, I'm sure there's some African Americans in our town that are all for it. Um I I'm, I'm kind of mixed. There's there's several things in my head that go on. Yeah. I don't know. I think as a person of color, there are fights that you you have every day. Yes. yes. In this community, mm-hmm. not just a person of color, just a margin a marginalized person, and the fights that you take on that are life or death or life or death for your family, they're not celebrated. Right. And the fact that there's people that can just decide, you know, today. I'm going to roll out of bed and I'm going to go and, and do a little protest and it's going to be fun. And then I'm going to go about my day and everything's going to be okay. It's, it's not cute for us. Well, and I know we're that, probably going to disagree on this. Well, it sounds, it reminds me of what LaShawn was saying when she was here about the different lines. And I keep thinking about that. You know, she said, and that it's on our podcast from, oh, from okay. Then. Yeah, okay. when she talked about how her line was crossed a long time ago, like talking about the racism in the schools and the mm-hmm. high rates of suspension mm-hmm. of kids of color and that's so much higher than white kids, that feels so big and obvious and for that to be something that has been true for quite a while. That's right. And and that then it feels like a letdown to discover that the place where it actually mattered was here. And I, well, at the at farmer's, the farmer's market. market. But that's where the line was. At the was. farmer's market where some of us go, right? Some of us feel not necessarily comfort, but it's just our lives. There's no difference of us going into the farmer's market as there is going to Walmart or Sam's Club or anywhere else or stopping off for gas in in the middle of Martinsville Mm -hmm. because you have to. The the things that they're doing for the farmer's market, it's not for us. That's that's the consensus that I get. It's the demographics of a farmer's market are always going to be the demographics of a farmer's market. It's you're, you're either going to like it because you like the vegetables there or you're not. The diversity is not necessarily going to change for the farmer's market that we have. 
Is it possible to make a farmer's market that's more oh, there, it, inclusive? It, it, like, it is. It, it, it is. But, man, I, I think... And I want them out, too. God, we talked about this the first time we sat mm-hmm. down about yeah. how we want it to be more than about the farmer's market. Let's, let's put it this way. They're not people that would normally be targeted by the Nazis. There are no people of color doing a lot of the the protesting i want to offer like a counter to that okay please do because i'm not i'm not (laughs) saying look and i know i'm gonna get some shit for this you know but i'm just being i'm telling you how people feel so there are going to be a few african-americans that will come in and say don griffin speaking for all trying to speak for all of us and i'm not right and uh, as as we we've said, said that before, i don't know should... how many times yeah you're not i'm not speaking for all women i'm not speaking for all therapists i'm not speaking for all rct people and like you're not speaking for all and i'm not even speaking for myself a hundred percent i'm just saying these are the things that when we're talking when me and you are right. talking we're thinking out loud and we're we're putting our ass on the line by talking into this microphone right it changes it like changes. we learn stuff and it changes and that's important yeah. to note and important to for us to keep remembering that we're going to grow and we're going to learn and we're going to change as we do this. And I'm saying things that, you know, I may get some african American say, hey, you weren't supposed to, we were talking about that, you weren't supposed to go out and tell people how we really <laughs> felt. You know, I mean, so, yes, we want change at the farm. We, we'd like it to, to at least try, but... What resonates with me about the protests in the farmer's market is this idea that as a white person, I have been blind to the impact of racism. Like I thought that racism meant not serving people of color at the lunch counter or using the N-word. Like to me, those were like the race when I was a kid and I'm not... Uh And so as I am opening myself up to understanding the impact of racism, to understanding my participation in it, and how this has been perpetuated, and I have benefited from it, like it feels so loud and so obvious to me that I have to do something. And I can see that saying, okay, I am a white person. I am a person of privilege. I can be arrested. It's okay for me to do this. Like I can take this particular amount of pressure and pushback that the community is going to throw at me. And that can be something that I do to push back against, you know, generational systems of oppression in which I have participated. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Look, the, the things that you're talking about, the privilege that you're talking about, it's not a privilege that I don't want you to have because when I'm looking, when what I'm trying to build is a foundation for my child and my grandchild and the child after that right now. Yeah. Because I want those, the things that I do in the community to be on, you know, when I'm doing all this stuff mm-hmm. yeah. is to protect my child and protect my child's future and so i want the same kind of opportunities and privileges that you have had 
Does that make sense? Yeah. It's not that I want to take those from you. I don't. I don't want you to feel bad about it. I, actually, I want you to thank God that you actually had that. I, I don't want you to have a better advantage than I do anymore. Right. Right, and that's. Yeah. But I'm fighting to get what you've got. Right. I mean, I I think I'm somewhat successful. So anyway, let's let's so, let's assume that I am. Okay. I think it's safe to say you're successful. Okay. Well, let let's say I okay. I, I do I do okay. Yeah. But the fact that I still don't have the same privileges as a white person that's yeah the same age as me that's far less successful than I have than I am. Uh-huh is yeah. a problem and it's something that I have to ignore. I'm going to give you an example. Yeah. My son, and this is something that you would never have to possibly worry about. Okay. Okay. So cuz our kids are about the same age. We got yeah. sons at the same yeah. age, okay? Yes, we do. Dexter decided to go to Greenwood because he wanted to get the Popeye's chicken. He wanted to, they, they had the Popeye's chicken sandwich. So he wanted to go, him and his girlfriend, wanted, wanted to, to go, go to, Popeye's. to Popeye's chicken. Okay. To go and get these things. So mm-hmm. he goes up in his car and, uh, and you know, and he's, he doesn't live with us anymore. He's in college. Right. But, you know, he's an independent. He's independent, you know. And so he, he calls us and he says, hey, I'm stuck on the road. My car, something's going on. It's not. You know, it's not working or whatever. I'm like, okay, where you at? He says, oh, well, I'm I'm in between. I'm somewhere in between Greenwood and Martinsville. Uh, it's uh, it's it's one o'clock at night. Oh my God, really? I think no. It it might have been tw- it one twelve dark Saturday night. We're like, oh my God. Well, whose house are you closest to? You know what I'm saying? We're trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And where are you at? And he said, I think I'm just north of Martinsville. I'm just not sure where I'm at. So when when I'm thinking about that, when you're thinking about that for your child, you're thinking, okay, it's going to be okay. We'll call AA, somebody, AAA, <laughs> somebody will come and get you, whatever. Okay. So yeah. I'm thinking, oh my God, I've got a black kid who's a black boy uh-huh. in, a, in, a, in a fairly nice car. He's on the highway. Uh-huh. He's in between Martinsville. He's in southern Indiana. Let's, we're giving Martinsville a bad rap. It's just so, let's just say it's just southern okay. Indiana. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's with his white girlfriend. Oh. Oh, y'all said you're like, oh. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And he's on the highway. Like, we cannot get there fast enough. Oh. Because. Yeah. Anything, but you can't speed and get pulled over on your way there. Well, and, and, but anything can happen. So we're like, okay, like, it's not that, it's not just if someone's messing with him, oh, like like a Klan person or someone not nice that doesn't like black people or interracial mm-hmm. couple. It's not, it's not just that that's the problem. It's like, can we get there before the police get there? Are they going to ask her if she is safe? Is, is he going to move too quickly and the, and then get shot? So there's all these things that we have to think about Yeah, that is, is like built into our things that you don't have to, no matter how much money I have, it wouldn't freaking matter. Yeah. At that moment, it, would, it didn't matter if my kid was a 
poor black kid or or, or a rich black kid, he was in danger. Yeah, and it was. didn't matter who his dad was or what, what kind of commission his dad was on or whatever. Yeah. Didn't matter. That's what I think every black person goes through. And black people that don't have as much privilege as I do go through it even worse. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay, I'm sorry. I hope that wasn't a long story, but... No, it's an important reminder. And this is what I'm wondering while I listen to it, because I'm still trying to puzzle through the annoyance with the protesters that I know is there. And I'm not, I'm not trying to dissuade you of that. No, no, no. We need, we need to talk about it because it is something that I struggle with because they are doing something. It's not because of the style that they're doing it. And I'm not, I'm not sure. But what I, I heard is more than a few people think, okay, is this about them now? Are they getting high off of the notoriety of doing this? Have they become bigger than the cause that they're fighting? So here's here's another question. And I'm not saying I'm saying that. I actually know the people that are involved, but, you know, but this is what I was hearing. One thing that I wonder about with the discomfort is that the humor that they're using they're poking at the city, right? That humor isn't poking at Schooner Creek Farms. The fans and the singing is poking at the city and at Mm. the way the farmer's market has reacted rather than at Schooner Creek Farms. And and that's on purpose. purpose. Yeah, okay. And so, and I'm wondering if that's a piece of the puzzle as you sort through this. You know, because I like the city? Is that what you're trying to say? Is that what you're trying to say? Is it because I'm on the other side of the city? Because you like the city. Is that is that it? I, I love the, well, you know, I love the fact that some of the things, like a lot of people, they think that these, uh, and I, maybe I'm saying too much, but the thing is almost over, but you know how you had the ambassadors? Yeah. So there's people that were like, oh my God, these ambassadors, they're here to spy on antifa they're here to spy on the the advocates the uh, you know right. like and i just and that was not the case at all they were there to look to make sure that there were no shooters on the freaking roof they were there to identify three percenters that were coming in mm-hmm. that's what they're there for they're not there to spy on the folks that are are against the stupid right. uh what do you call them nazis <laughs> they're there to make they're there to because the safety if if they would understand and they, and they probably don't they have no idea how many threats were coming in against the left there are people trying to identify who was in antifa you understand what I'm yes. saying? They were yeah, people. They were, they were people looking at their freaking cars, looking at the cars that Antifa is going to at No Space for no Hate, space for hate. Mm-hmm. looking up you know, license plate. No, evil people. That's the whole damn safety aspect. They don't even understand that there's things that certain people can't do. Like it was. Do we put more police presence? Yes, there's going to be more police presence. But there were so many people saying, we don't want more police out there. Well, mm-hmm. well what the hell are we going to so do? So what can we do? We can do this. We got yeah. these people. Let, let's make, have some friendly people and we'll call them ambassadors. 
right? And they help people. But while we're helping people and making sure that people feel safe, scan, be looking around for danger, be looking around for situations that could that could go overboard. And it never was against Antifa. We're not scared. No, it, it's weird how many people are scared, were scared of Antifa. And those are just, those are folks in our community. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, they dress in black, but hell, I would rather... Right. And we've got Nazis. The at, they wore pink at the climate yeah. change thing, the little pink masks, so that they wouldn't upset the children. Never, I I, Antifa has never killed anybody. <laughs> Nazis killed six million plus people. Yeah. The fact that you've got people that believe in that doctrine? Are you kidding me? Yeah. No. No, no, no. That's what. That's who we need to be scared of. Scare, be scared of the enemy that doesn't look like an enemy. That's what you need to be scared of. Yeah. You can't do what you really want to do, which would be great if I, I wish we could lock them up for the thoughts that they have because they hate people. I wish we could lock up everybody that hate hated people. Well, uh, and but I, you can't. No, and I but I think with with Schooner Creek Farms, what they're talking about is not just their thinking, but they're plotting to harm people and recruiting people to harm people. Oh, like it's they're oh, not just you know but oh, oh yeah no no we I, I get that but you can't you, you can't we've got a situation we've got a president in office that constantly does illegal things that people clearly see clearly see and yet the next day you have half of the, the country half of the country saying i don't see what you're talking about he wasn't making fun of somebody that that had a speech impediment or somebody that was, you know, you know. Oh, that wasn't racism. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. This is the this is where we're living at right now. It it's, it is a weird, bizarro world that we live in. That you can see something that is white and black, and someone can tell you, no, it's not. It's blue and yellow. Mm-hmm. And then here's the problem. They can say that they're not doing it, that, oh, they have no control of the three percenters or they have no control mm-hmm. of the Proud Boys or they have no control. Oh, yeah, that person just came down to hang out with me. Bullshit. We know it's bullshit. Right. Uh, uh, there were a couple things that we wanted to talk about that happened in the community this week as well. And one was the idea of there was a special event for young black girls like Yes, okay. Oh, I did want to talk to you, you about you that. You did want to talk about did, that. Did I tell, talk to you on the phone about that? You said some really pointed and fairly hilarious things on the phone about it. So Maybe we need some context on this. Okay, all right. Okay, go uh, tell So what. here's my introduction to it. Is this event is happening at City Hall, right? Mm-hmm. Part of the narrative around it is Black Girl Magic. Mm-hmm. It's this empowering day... It sounded really awesome. It looked awesome. It too. looked I was awesome. So proud. The pictures I was actually looked crying. amazing. Yeah. And there was a, a woman saying, My daughter wants to go. She's white. And, you know, they sent it out to everyone, this mm-hmm. invitation saying, Please come join us. Mm-hmm. So can she go? And the answer was a firm no. It was she she said she asked people in her circle, in her community who are African-American, or just people in general, hey, is it okay? My, my daughter really wants to go to this. Uh-huh. Is it, how do you feel? Do you think it's okay for her to go? And so I watched, and several uh, African-Americans said, um, 
it's supposed to be a thing for 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 African American women because it's not like in, in our community it's not like they ever have a space to actually celebrate who they are and right. the magic that they are. Yes. So maybe your daughter maybe this is not the opportunity for your daughter to learn more about black people. I mean maybe this just isn't her space. I, I, you know what's sad? She's probably gonna be a listener, which is sad. Well no I so to be Fair. I don't. I didn't feel her push back as much as I felt other people around her pushing back too. It seemed like she got it. I think she did, but then there was other people that were like. But there were other people that like, were like, no, uh-uh, you, you, you go ahead yeah. and go. That sounds like fun, and you, she'll yeah. learn a lot of things. And other people were like, no, it's not her time to learn. Let's like, why, you know, it's not like a zoo. You know, it's not like a zoo okay. that you're, yeah. go, you know, that you're. Yeah. It's not. This isn't social studies all over again. Oh. Where we gotta observe black people and see them enjoy themselves or just yes. live. Yes. Um, what what I thought was interesting is that there were so many white folks that just could not believe that they could not go into a place that there was a, some, there was a place that uh-huh. was not for them. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's shocking. I think for white people to find when, when there's something yes. that they are not. What do you mean I can't? What do you mean I can't go to that? It's like, why wouldn't you want me there? That yeah, that is such a. That sounds like, you know. I think you know, it's racism. Yes, I it, I I need to go because I can go anywhere. And the yeah. funny thing is, so I I was talking to uh, some of the people that put it on later on. I said, "What did you think of that?" They so said, "Hey, it was great. We had we ended up having fifteen to twenty girls that are not of color." come to the event and it was you know it was supposed to be for everyone well everyone should celebrate black girl magic i mean and and the thing is we tease and said they already do i mean you you got beyonce you got venus and uh uh, you got the williams sisters you got Mm -hmm. i mean constantly there's there's black girl magic on display all the time that is just within our it's it's in our fabric so Mm -hmm. it, it is nice to actually you know, acknowledge that. So they really didn't have a problem with it. But I just thought yeah. that it was funny how adamant these people were like, no, you go. Like, yeah. You, yeah. And the thing is, is that the lady asked for black people's, she was asking, what yeah. do you think? Now, whether or not those folks were right or wrong about this particular thing, she asked, she, she got her answer. It wasn't quite what everybody wanted to hear. Yeah. And I love that, that they'll sit there and it finally, finally one black guy finally <laughs> was like, no, you should do this. <laughs> you know, and everybody's like, yes, you should see the likes that he got like. Yes, I know, yes, look, I love, I love, I love. With me. So, so 20 black people say no. And then they find that one black, that's that people wonder why that they've got that one black guy with the sign up in Trump rallies. He's the guy that they point to and say, yeah, we're okay because of that guy. Yeah, and... White girls, they get their magic all the time. And that's what fall is all about with pumpkin spice. Yes. I mean, no <laughs> no black woman came up with that. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's uh, that that's all about white girl magic. And scrunchies. You guys white got scrunchies. White girl magic is scrunchies yeah, and pumpkin spice. And pumpkin spice. There you go. <laughs> Oh my God! Are we gonna get in trouble for this one? Am I gonna get in trouble for this one? Probably. I think it's important to to assume that we'll get things wrong. Like it it makes it much easier for me to do this when I know 
that I'm going to screw it up and I'm going to need to be schooled in some of this stuff so that I can learn. And I think that that example, being able to try something and get it wrong, that's how we're going to learn about each other and to come together. Absolutely. We cannot be scared. We cannot be scared to say how we feel. Yeah. Because then the conversation, the hard conversations never start. Right. Right. We have to be able to try. And that's what we've been doing Mm -hmm. today. Maureen Walker's new book was released Friday. Okay. It's called When Getting Along Is Not Enough, Reconstructing Race in Our Lives and Relationships. How good does that sound? I like it. Yeah. So um, I haven't actually asked I'm, her, I know but I think we're going to be able to get her on. Well, I've I pre-ordered it like I know, ago. but that's why then I don't have to buy it for you. You at least you know that <laughs> that you, you thought of you it. You thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> I already did everyone's Christmas shopping for me. Oh, nice. <laughs> but but anyway, it's um, I'm super excited about it, and we will. Um, Make sure so we can and do a phone interview invite with her? Maureen on the show. Won't that be fun? That'll be cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening. As always, thanks for sitting here and talking to me, Don, on this. Always a pleasure, Amy. Sunday afternoon. Bye. Bye. See ya. <laughs> this episode of My Racist Friend is a production of the Bloomington Center for Connection, an organization using relational cultural theory to promote social change through connection. This conversation between Don Griffin Jr. and Amy McKeese, LCSW, was recorded on Sunday, November 17, 2019, and edited for this podcast by Kevin McKeese. Theme music lovingly sampled from Your Racist Friend by They Might Be Giants. Follow the Bloomington Center for Connection on Facebook and other social media platforms. You and your racist friend. Are we going to, are we, are we, we are going to air this, aren't we? We weren't even going to talk about this, were we? You weren't. This is, That's how yeah, I walked in. This, this was not going to be. This was not going to be our main topic.